Oh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition and the last edition for 2019 of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast, of course, unless we're going to barrack for the Lions because uh, our footy directors told us that uh, if we can't pack the boys in, we should go and barrack someone for someone else, but uh, I'm sure we'll discuss that a little bit more. But in the meantime, let's welcome Macca. How are you going, Macca? Very, very good. Uh, as I told you, uh, off-air, um, it was in two Dream Team competitions. I won both. A grand in one and five fifty in the other, so it's been a good day. Good man, good man. And a special guest uh, in the absence of Nikki this evening, we have none other than Peter J. How you going, Pete? Oh, I'm good, mate. And the uh, the listeners would have been excited then, thinking that there was somebody uh, important going to be on the show. But it's only just me coming off the interchange bench to uh, help out uh, Nikki. So um, looking forward to uh, well, a bit of a chat about uh, where we're at. And and we do thank uh, Peter's wonderful family if they're listening in the background. There, we think you're wonderful, Peter's family. <laughs> Uh, especially Peter's wife, who's currently doing the dishes. We think she's amazing. She's uh, amazing. Yeah, and uh, that'll do. <laughs> anyway, look, we've got lots to talk about, but let's quickly run through the scores, shall we? Now, before we get into the scores, uh, Maka, just let's hear about your um, Dream Team exploits, shall we? Uh, well, yes, uh, I'm in two Dream Team competitions and was in the grand final today and I was watching very religiously and I did manage to take home both, a grand in one and 550 in the other. Sensational. Yep, six months work, but uh, I love doing it. That's why I watch every game, so you, you get to know the players. Yeah, now that's very good, uh, Macca, and uh, well done. And uh, Thank you. get stuffed. That's what I said to the losers. <laughs> I mentioned on Tuesday night, Macca, that I was very impressed to see that you'd uh, joined up the cesspit that is Twitter. So uh, good on you for oh, uh, yeah, taking that's the just plunge in, into that. It's very oh, courageous. Very courageous. I must admit, um, I rather enjoyed it, and uh, I'll probably be getting worse and worse. <laughs> well, uh, Twitter's better for you being there, mate. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to hold any punches back. No, no, that's right. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's crack through these, shall we? Uh, Friday night, uh, the Collingwood Magpies uh, cementing their place in the final four. They got to the four. four yep, did they? They yep. did. 10-16-76. That's it. 10 uh, to the Bombers, 10-5-65, a margin in the end of 11 points. Not a bad game. Excellent game to watch. And, uh, you know, worthy of a Friday night rather than some of the rubbish that has been on on some of the Friday nights. And uh, terrific game, played in good good spirit, ball moving around very quickly. Uh, in the end, Collingwood, just a little bit too good for Essendon. But Essendon, very brave, I thought, to take it right up to Collingwood. Absolutely. Pete, did you watch it at all? No, no, I've been... Uh... Uh, up to my elbows in Intercol this weekend, so I've had uh, a whole lot of events to uh, to go to for that little uh, oh, yes. shebang that's been going on. So um, I've not seen, apart from our game today, I haven't seen a lot of football. I've seen a little bit, but I, did, I didn't ca- I didn't catch that game unfortunately. Never mind. Uh, t- yesterday we had the Swans uh, belting the Saints in a f- big farewell match for a couple of their uh, stalwarts, Jared McVay in particular. 
um, you know, quite an emotional game for them. And they got up by 45 points, 17-7-109 to the Saints, 8 goals, 16-64. Not a bad send-off for a couple of uh, real club stalwarts for the Swans. No, and three, Buddy's 300th game as well, and uh, he kicked himself a five goals off memory, and he's gone off to have a couple of ops as well. But uh, Sydney, they've been building on the run this year, and they've got they've discovered some very nice players, and I think their future, unlike ours, is going to be very bright in the next couple of years. Agreed. Agreed. I think you're right, mate. Um, we also had on Saturday North getting up against probably the most... I reckon the most disappointing team apart from us this year in Melbourne, North 13-10-88 to Melbourne 12-11-83, a margin by, of five points. Yeah, watch the last few minutes of that game and uh, oh, probably the last most of the last quarter, really. Um, and you've got to hand it to Melbourne. They'll always find a way to lose. They were in front with about <laughs> a, a minute and a few seconds to go and Jones, their captain, marked the ball on the... Half-back flank, and the commentator said, well, it's all over now if Jones does the right thing. He doesn't. He no, kicks it straight up, absolutely. straight up the ground, and the ball comes flying back, and it's a goal. And Stuffed uh, they it lose. completely. It was, uh, would have been nice, though, to see Melbourne play with that um, with, with that, that freedom that they uh, would ordinarily have, other than the fact that they hadn't been able to uh, lock away pick two until uh, right, right at the end. But one, having locked away pick two, is that, that freedom that they're able to play normal, free-flowing yeah. good football. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exactly funny, right. Uh, so, yeah, there's a reason why we had you on. Uh, mm-hmm. Geelong uh, giving Carlton a bit of a lesson, 19-15-129 to 8 goals, 13-61. They're a big margin in the end and uh, top spot. Yeah, so you could even guess the headlines before you read them. Teague train derailed, and that's a, <laughs> that seemed to be on everyone. Um, yeah, just too good, just too good. And, con- and congratulations to Geelong too for finishing first and locking away in a way final. It was uh, really, um, really uh, well deserved for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Chris Scott salty? Oh, uh, probably rightly so. <laughs> probably rightly so. I reckon in the He's first absolutely right in the first week of finals, you need to be playing at home. Um, yeah. The Giants getting up uh, predictably over the Suns, uh, 27-127 to 7 goals, 13-55, 72 points and uh, just a nice little run into the uh, into the real stuff for the Giants. Yeah, look, um, I'll watch this game because of Dream Team reasons. Um, I've got to say this, I, I really think they should change their coach. They, there is something missing in the makeup of the Giants because... Um, there isn't there. They just don't have a proper killer instinct. And you say, well, you look at the margins, but they were playing the Gold Coast, and they, the Gold Coast was absolutely pathetic. Um, but at one stage, there it looked like making a game of it until uh, after half time. You know, they can't sustain the effort. But I still think that the, the, the Giants won't go very far in the finals, even though they've got a lot of talent in the team. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Mac. I don't. Uh... I think they're lacking something, aren't they? And I, I've said for a while that I don't know whether Leon Cameron's the guy um, to take them to that next step. And I guess this will be the litmus test for him, Cameron, because uh, they've they've got a pretty decent list uh, going into the finals, fitness-wise, and uh, they should give it a shake. They should, but they won't. Never mind. Uh, and then the Eagles doing their best Adelaide Crows impersonation, going down to the Hawks. <laughs> At home, uh, 16 goals, 9-105, Hawthorne to the Eagles, 9 goals, 13-67. A margin of 38, it was convincing. The Eagles didn't look convincing on their home deck uh, and 
just derails their their defence a little bit, I reckon, their premiership defence. Maybe yeah, it does. I, I, caught the, I did catch the last quarter of this one because it was lunch in the, in the cricket and, um, and I had got home from a few things and so I was able to have a bit of a look at this game and, um, in the last quarter just because I thought that I really thought that uh, West Coast would give some kind of a yelp in that last quarter and um, I thought that the, um, one of the interesting uh, things to come out of that was the, uh, the emergence of Tim O'Brien. Um, of course, we all talk about the um, draft pick that got away um, in the second year of our sanctions, which was Patrick Cripps, which is who we're going to pick. We sometimes mm. overlook the fact that in the first year of those sanctions, which I think was 2012, um, we were absolutely, and it's been you know, publicised, we were absolutely on Tim O'Brien um, at our pick yes, uh, that's in, right. in 2012. He was our pick. So it's taken uh, a long, he'd be 24, 25 now. So he's been a really, really long, slow burn for Hawthorne and they've, they've stuck with him. But uh, he is now looking like he's a, a, you know, a big key position player that's going to take the competition by storm next year. Yeah, I think you summed it up well there, Pete. And the, the key thing there, I thought West Coast... So disappointing that last quarter. Like you, I was waiting for them to to make the last ditch effort, but there was none. They just they, and you got to hand it to Clarkson. He's a master. Well, he certainly knows. Like they're, they're so unconventional, Hawthorne, the way they go about things. Uh, they don't tow the line. They don't do the what everyone else does. You know, they 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 really don't care too much about draft picks, and they they trade aggressively and. You know they're they're going to be about the place again next season, uh, especially if they pick up a couple of their targets. If they happen to get, Cornelio, um, um, no, the other lad, um, who they're looking at, Patton. the other Patton. If they happen to get Patton, they're going to be a force again, in my opinion. Anyway, today, of course, ignoring ours for a minute, uh, the Lions going down to the Tigers. Uh, probably predictably, I, the Tigers probably flag favourites for mine at the moment. Uh, Richmond twelve ten eighty two to Brisbane eight goals seven fifty five twenty seven points in the end. Jumped them in the first quarter was uh, and that was the, the how the ball game went. After that, uh, the scores were levelled basically for the last three quarters, but it all happened in the first quarter for Richmond and not for Brisbane. But um, I like Brisbane. They they still got they got tons of fight. They just don't go they don't go under like we do. Um, so I still think they'll do all right in the finals. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I think they'll. Uh, you know, it, they're a young group and they'll be better for it. Um, you know, and I think they're going to be around for a little while. They may not uh, make a GF this year. I don't think they've quite got the experience, but you never know. Uh, but I don't think they'll be going anywhere over the next couple of years, Brisbane. One interesting thing from that game was Lockie Neal, 51 possessions. Yeah, may have, may have just won the Brownlow with that performance. <laughs> was a good game. May well have just got the three votes. I reckon uh, uh, the other smoky, I reckon, is Dangerfield. I, I reckon yeah, absolutely. He's, oh, he's been rattling home the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Since the bye, since the bye, he's been going great guns, and I reckon he's a real show. Uh, he's anyway, going to be a good, very good Brownlow, actually. Well, very good and Brownlow, kind of an oxymoron, but uh, it should be an interesting one. Uh, last game of the season uh, for the regular <laughs> home and away, anyway, and it was the pair. Getting up 15 goals, 21-1-0 to the Dockers, 10 goals, 7-67, a margin by 40, uh, 43 points to Port Adelaide, and they join the scrap heap with us. 
Well, I did start watching this game, and uh, once on my, I'd won my dream teams, it was all over. So was this game for me. It was a boring, bloody game. Really boring. It was terrible. Well, I'll say one thing for Port. They haven't had a great year, but I'll tell you what, uh, I'll say one thing, and that is that they are hard to beat at home. Um, they don't normally give away cheap um, losses at home. Um, no. Just off the top of my head, I don't look at the stats, but I reckon they'd have a reasonable record at Adelaide Oval this year. Well, it, it's the it's the <coughs> masses of people that flock to their games at home. <laughs> you know, how, how can you lose? How can you lose when you've got all those thousands and thousands of people, uh, yeah. obviously out the back in in the in the uh, in the hospitality tents? Uh, so anyway, might have even paid thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, anyway, uh, let's finish up with a look at the ladder, shall we? And this is how it ended up. Uh, the Cats on top on percentage uh, with 64 points. The Lions staying in second. Uh, it's securing a home final in the first week, which is good for them. Uh, Richmond third, Collingwood fourth. So first week of the final, we've got the Cats v Collingwood at Collingwood's home ground. Uh, and the best thing of the weekend uh, in terms of shaking up the finals a little bit is that Richmond are going to have to go to the Gabba to beat Brisbane uh, after having beaten them at the MCG this week. So, so mm. it'll be interesting. Uh, West Coast in fifth, uh, the Giants in sixth, Bulldogs in seventh. The Giants-Bulldogs game will be a good one. The Bulldogs got some uh, good memories of playing the Giants up there in a final. Uh, and West Coast and Essendon over there, uh, you would imagine that West Coast, would, uh, assuming... I mean, West Coast coming off two losses going into the finals. It's not ideal, is it? Anything but. Anything no, it's but. Not. And it's nice to see the uh, indignance of the Melbourne media already starting the fact that there's only going to be one final in Melbourne next week. It's yeah, I know. Like, Shock, horror. It's terrible. How many in South Australia? <laughs> How many in South Australia next week? <laughs> yeah. uh, just missing out Hawthorne, obviously. Uh, the best of the rest. Uh, then Port, us, North, Fremantle, St Kilda, Sydney, Carlton with pick three, Melbourne and Gold Coast. So the winner of uh, the Carlton Adelaide pick swap, uh, Adelaide get pick three. That's uh, notwithstanding any priorities that might occur, but we look like getting pick three and uh, Carlton get eight. So do you reckon Carlton would be? Oh, I don't reckon Carlton would be too disappointed with that result. Not at all. Not not now because you know I think it's pretty uh, commonplace amongst the draft experts that picks three to ten are you know pretty even. Yep, mm. um, and so I think that they, uh, who knows what um, um, the lad that they picked up last year, how he's going to look. But um, Stocker, Stocker, but uh, they'd probably be happy that they've got him, and then they've still got you know, as it's turned out, they've got pick eight. Um, you know, they, they, they were never going to get. They, they probably never felt that they were going to be in the in the running for the for the two midfield guns that will go one and two, and so they, yeah, they probably think well, it's pretty even after that. So yeah, I don't think they'd be terribly disappointed. Anyway, I don't look, they'd be too worried. Let's uh, get on to the main event, shall we? Oh, what a woeful finish. Really was. I mean, I didn't expect big things uh, today. I really didn't, but I thought we might give a bit of a bloody yelp. Um, But it wasn't even close in the end, and it probably was closer than what I thought it would probably be. (laughs) <laughs> well, in one sense, I was just going to say, I'm rather glad it turned out as it did because it, it showed us up to be the putrid side that we really are, that we don't have a proper game plan, uh, that we don't 
know how to curb the opposition. Um, we had little flashes of here and there like, uh, of what the future might be with from players like Jones, etc. But um, no, I, I, I would have been rather disappointed if we'd won because then um, the Ivory Tower people down at West Lakes would think, you know, we were only just missed out. And so um, I think it showed us up uh, nationwide for what we really are. Yeah, the only thing that was different about today is that we chose the first quarter to go missing instead of the third. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was really the only um, variation that, that we got. We gave away the first six goals, and as Don Pike said, um, uh, you know, we, 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 we were then, and, and as the score show, we were pretty much even for the rest of the game as it worked out. But when you give away a sixth goal, you know, start like that, it's, uh, it, you know, we're done. And But I tell you what, boys, I, I felt mu- I felt much relieved um, after I'd uh, cast my eye on uh, Pikey's press conference because he was able to, to uh, dissect this second half of the season in a manner that uh, had me feeling much more comfortable uh, than I had been previously. And he, he said that uh, we seem to have got ourselves in a bit of a funk. And I just, I'd, I'd never thought about it before. I thought, yeah, that's what it was. We're just, we've just been in a funk. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that, that explained it all. Yeah, um, you know, it, it all became crystal clear to me. Then we've been in a funk. So, My only question is, where the funk is that? <laughs> we need to just hope that um, that by you know the start of next season, hopefully, we've got ourselves out of the funk. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, I, um, the only thing for me, the only thing today, and it may be more angry than anything, was the performance of Chase Jones. And you know, I, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum, Fiend, on Tuesday night, and that is that. Um, the absolute lack of trust in players, and um, you know, at, at one stage when he kicked his two goals, um, I actually tallied back and and in the last three games, including that the start of the Bulldogs game, Jones and Fogarty had kicked ten of our twenty three goals prior to that. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's an extraordinary statistic oh, when dear. you think that neither of these two guys could be trusted to play football for the vast majority. That, that's you know, right. he had. <laughs> He had eight. He had eighteen. He had eighteen possessions. He had seven marks. He kicked two goals. He had eight score involvements. Yeah. He had um, four clearances. Um, four centre clearances. He had four tackles. He had five inside fifties. You know, I mean, and he, and four hundred and thirty three metres gained. And, yeah. and the other thing, you know, the thing was, Fina, you would have seen it. How easy can the game of football be when the you know, even though he was on the defensive side of the centre square bounce, yeah. he gets the ball down his throat. He doesn't look backwards. He doesn't look sideways. Yeah. He just he <laughs> yeah. just kicks a forty go, metre go dart forward. down the middle. And what do you, and what do you know? Tex had position. Yeah, they're on the um, end of it. On, on, it. Is on the end of it because the ball came in really exactly where Tex would want it. You know? <laughs> Who would have thought six 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 as well? You know. Who would have thought? Isn't it much? Isn't it much better to go sideways and backwards yeah, with twenty-five yeah. one-meter handballs yeah. so that everybody is covered on Tex, and then go and sit it on his head? Yeah. All I can say, he's very lucky. He's very lucky we don't have runners. He would, they would have been straight out and tell yeah. him cut that drag, out. Drag, we don't do hopefully, that. we can coach that out of him yeah. during the summer. <laughs> well, I mean, it Don is, did say we've got a few things to work on in the preseason, and yeah. clearly, Trace being that efficient is one of them because we can't have that. Uh, look, for those living under a rock, uh, the Bulldogs belted us pretty much uh, with a solid first quarter. 18-13-121, the game was over at quarter time. 13-9-87 to the Crows, 34 points to the Bulldogs gives them uh, a final spot, as we mentioned before. So, look, and I agree with you. I, I, 
the whole thing was just a farce. From selection onwards, I didn't understand why we had to play Jacobs. Why did we play Jacobs again? What was the point in playing Source? Like, he's not our preferred Ruckman next year. Why did we play Richie Douglas? He'd already retired. Um, I, I just don't understand. Well, we gave Richie Douglas a farewell game and he got carried off the ground. Yep, we didn't give Andy Otten a farewell nope. game and he had to turn up in his civvies and get carried right. off the ground in his civvies. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. No, it, you're going you're, you're to give him a, a farewell games or not? Why give one one, to the, not to the other? I it's couldn't work it out. Just, I couldn't work it out. Yeah. What's the point? Well, um, you know, give Douglas credit. He served up what we've had all year, so he went in on the same night. Yeah, he, he did. But, I mean, what's the point? He was shit. What's the point? I just, there's no plan. No, you're quite anyway. right. I'm being very facetious, but yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, the one thing that really got up my nose was the fact that Bontempelli has been a powerhouse in this competition for the last few weeks, and McRae obviously gets a billion possessions. I did not see anybody try to make any. I, I thought that was the reason the Greenwood was there to stand Bontempelli and uh, to try and cut him down. I think he must have thought he had leprosy or something. He was nowhere near him. Well, we can, you know, uh, I won't bother, but we can list all of the mid, all of the star midfielders who have had ten coaches votes off us this year. It's yeah, a long list. And there's another one, and, um, <laughs> and here's another one coming. And if you follow me on Twitter, I put a poll up through the week, and I said, you know, which which a doggy's midfielder will get ten coaches votes uh, thanks to our lazy, unaccountable midfield this week. And I had uh, McRae, Bont. And um, Dunkley and uh, Bont was the winner, and so well, let's just wait and see. But I reckon he'll pick up at least. Uh, uh, Matty Crouch might go close. He had a reasonable game, oh. um, but um, uh, Bont, you know, he, he'll, he'll probably get ten coaches' votes as well. Look, Bontempelli uh, had he still worked hard, didn't he? Ten, ten tackles. Uh, Bontempelli was a big oh, game. Yeah. But, oh, he played a big game. Yeah. Let's go through some head-to-heads. Uh, Pete, what we normally do, we go through some head-to-heads to try and make head nor yep. tail of what's going on, and then we look at a few individuals. <laughs> um, I think we all know what went on. <laughs> uh, look, um, disposers were even. Uh, we handled the ball uh, far too much. Our kick-to-handball ratio was one-to-one, uh, which it shouldn't be. Um, I felt like the Western Bulldogs were more aggressive with the ball movement. They... Uh, smashes in marks as a consequence 175 uh, tackles were fairly even 61 to 67 uh, we dominated the hitouts, but it didn't really seem to make a hell of a lot of difference in terms of clearances um, the frees were reasonably even oh, clearances 41 to 46 our way um, rebound 50 to 37 to 39 our way uh, and yet, uh, even with that, uh, we lost the inside 50 count, 57 to 50, uh, which is quite surprising. It just, Well, not really surprising because, again, we just didn't move the ball effectively. Uh, we won the contested possession count, 157 to 143. Uh, Western Bulldogs kept the ball off us, though, 273 uncontested posies to 249. Uh, disposal efficiency for both was over 70. Uh Contested marks we won eighteen to ten. Uh, Western Bulldogs not a not a contested marking team, so that's not a surprise. Uh, both took around fifteen marks inside fifty. Um, so there's not a huge. I mean, we we dominated centre clearances eighteen to twelve. Uh, stoppage was even. Um, it just I um, it look. I think we burnt the ball a bit more. Uh, seventy three turnovers to sixty three, and I just don't think we use it as well as as they did. We we messed around with stupid handball for most of the day. That was the key to it. 
Exactly. The, the overuse of the handball and the fact that uh, 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 much lesser efficiency when looking for a man with the ball. So, uh, and I think that's when they've got blokes like McRae who just put it on a dime all the time. Um, and Bottom Pelly, well, he's very damaging with his kicks as well. So, but McRae in particular. But uh, no, usage of the ball and uh, overuse of the handball, I think you summed it very, very neatly there, Fiend. I think also. Uh, Fiend, if you if you if you look at where we lost the game, which was in the first you know fifteen minutes, mm, ten yeah. fifteen minutes, they were in, in in that first ten fifteen minutes they were incredibly efficient. Yeah. Um, in, in getting those first six goals, and so it doesn't surprise me that statistically the game doesn't look too uneven on its face um, because really after that first ten fifteen minutes we you know we pretty much you know they got out to a I think a forty point lead and. Um, before we scored, and um, I think in the end it was at 34 or 35 points. So there really wasn't much in the game after that first 10, 15 no. minutes. Do you know what I mean? No, there wasn't. Um, and, and because and because they were so efficient in that, that first period of time statistically, they, did, they didn't blow out. And so um, it doesn't surprise me that statistically we don't look too bad. It's just that, that, that and as has happened, you know, so many times this year, but mainly in the third quarter, we give up five or six unanswered goals in a, in yeah. a hurry. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it just torpedoes the game. Well, what's been noticeable uh, <coughs> since since our little run where we changed a game plan and decided that we weren't quick enough to play an open game style and we we jagged a couple of wins by shutting the game down and we all thought, oh, here we go, this is, this is uh, promising. Um, teams have beaten us on the outside. They've stopped, they've allowed us to win contested possession inside. Um, and they've just corralled us, and it's been mm. a consistent theme since the yep. buy that we have lost uncontested possession, uh, and in some cases quite substantially. And we lost again by you know thirty odd uh, this time around, and it, it looked like we struggled to get any sort of clear air against the Western Bulldogs. They were quite happy to get let us get inside, and then they just wait. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why we overused handball so much is just because uh, we struggled to get clear and we didn't have blokes with any sort of leg speed, leg speed, I, I should say, to get clear. And so we just get handballing to the next bloke under pressure. Um, but that's been a consistent theme since since Don shut the game plan down because he lost confidence in our ability to go head-to-head with, with teams on the outside. We have just lost uncontested ball consistently week after week. Yeah. Can't argue with that at all, Pete. I think um, that's why I've got you on Sunday nights, Macca, because you just don't argue with me. It's great. Well, if I did, <laughs> I you always to just uh, drown me out. Yeah, then I just whatever. shut you down. Mute, yeah, mute me. I mean, I think it was very obvious to see um, one team look like it was at, at the start of the game, like it really wanted to win the game, and and would do whatever was necessary and did it and did it very well. And the other team, we almost looked like we weren't on the park in that first quarter. That's the thing that really got me. And and we, we and you know, I mentioned the thing about not tagging uh, Bontempelli. They tagged Brad Crouch. He had a hard tag on him for the day, and he, and he, was, he did hardly anything. Mm. Yeah, uh, look... But, and fair enough, they needed to win to make the finals, and we were, we had to win by six million points. So you can imagine that uh, that wasn't a, a thing for us. But by the same token, you know, 
you would imagine that there's always that thing of oh let's you know stuff up their season and yada 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 there was there was not a yelp uh from anyone it was just a, a limp no. to the finish and once once the bulldogs got on top in that first quarter it turned into a reasonably bruise free game i thought um yeah you know and the bulldogs were always going to win it and i think our team knew it and we we're just going through the motions so there wasn't any mm. passion in that game whatsoever um, look, let's look at some individual stats just quickly. Um, Matty Crouch had 47 touches. Now, I had some people over my house today, so the footy was on, but it wasn't a, a focus. And at one stage, uh, my lad said to me that, you know, Crouch, he'd had 40-odd touches, and I said, that's amazing because I haven't seen him. Uh, mm. 47 are the most ineffectual touches you've ever seen. Oh, I opinion. thought he had a good game. I think you're being very harsh. Um, he at least... <laughs> He worked. He worked his ass off, Fee. I mean, seriously, he did. Did he? He was one. Yes, worked he his ass off one. for three tackles. He's getting the bloody ball, mate, forty-seven times. He's getting it given to him because we handled it nine hundred and fifty times. No, he got some. He had some very hard balls. Eleven, I mean, eleven got... contested possessions, Mac. Well, and other things, he's worked hard to get into the space to get the bloody ball. Give him oh, some credit. <laughs> Christ. Did a, did a crouch hit you something? Or what did a crouch do to you? <laughs> You've got problems with them. I <laughs> oh, no, look, 47 touches, I'd expect him to have a bit more impact. I did, well, like, it was a, obviously, he, he obviously it was a good game. Give a Macca, obviously it was a good game. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't a good game. It was a very good game from Matty Crouch. But someone gets the ball 47 times, I'd expect a little bit more impact. And I don't feel that he had as much impact as someone that had had the ball 47 times should have had. Well, that's a matter of opinion. We'll leave it at that. But I just thought he always had game i thought if everybody at least had done the same work rate as maddie did we wouldn't oh, yeah. be in the position that we were in in the last quarter when he he set some play up when he he started at half back and he, he kicked to the middle and he ran on for the handball and he delivered inside 15 you know i mean that you know he um uh, he looked he looked pretty good when he when he did that there was you know, a couple pretty of good, good moments when for him second to last quarter for the season you finally yeah, actually yeah, run exactly. past for a bloody handball well but some always, of these mates never <laughs> ran past anything <laughs> <laughs> I always like to look at meters gained, and, and you know, I mean, he's had 47, 47 touches for five ninety four gained, yeah. and Jones has had eighteen possessions for four hundred and thirty eight yeah. gained. So yeah. there's one hundred and fifty meters difference between the two. Yeah, yeah different style and, players and, though. and thirty possessions. Well, no, I don't know about that. I mean, Jones is a you know he um no he's going to be a beauty. He's direct. He's very he's direct. direct. But he's also an in and, in and under. He's a hybrid. He's an in and, in and under. Yeah, and um, he, you know. Anyway, but with uh, enough pace to break away and actually do something. Yeah. You know, he's having a great before. preview today of what we'll look forward to next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought that, you know, I thought that last year about Jordan Gallucci in round 23 as well, and we've ruined him yeah. this year. So Correct. I, don't, I don't hold out much hope for Chase Jones. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> Mako, I, Crouchy had a good game. He did have a good game. Nine score Thank involvements. You. Nine score involvements to go with his nine turnovers. Um, uh, five inside fifties, eight clearances. It was a pretty decent game. And, and any time a crouch gets over five hundred meters, game particularly Matt, you know he's had a good game because usually it's about two hundred. Uh, Sloney thirty four touches, only twelve of them kicks though. Uh, four marks, six tackles, four inside fifties, thirteen clearances. If you don't mind, that's a ga- that's a game from an inside midfielder. Um, 
Macca, 22 contested possessions, still went at 74% disposal efficiency, nine score involvements, 320 metres gained. That's Sloaney was my best. You didn't see the game. I did see the game. <laughs> you told me. You uh, said you it was on. It? it was on. It was on the, look, on he the TV. He played a very good game. He played a very good game. And look, if everybody, if everybody had played like Rory Sloan with the same heart and the same desire to get the ball, we wouldn't be in the position that we were in. No, that's right. Uh, Lady, uh, 31 nothing touches, uh, three tackles. Oh, yeah, not one of his better games. I mean, that, this is one where well, I will say to you that 30, that's 31 possessions that didn't do much. Yeah, the, these big numbers. I, I thought, um, from what I saw, I thought Smithers played all right. Thirteen and fourteen for twenty-seven, three marks, kicked a goal, five tackles, uh, a couple of clearances, nine contested. Went at seventy-eight percent, gained us four hundred meters, which is probably a little bit down uh, on him. But he was playing back a little bit, slightly different role. I thought uh, ten intercept possessions was really good. I thought Smithers was reasonably good game. Yeah, reasonable game. He, he kicked a miraculous goal too. Yeah, um, I know. That's that's got to be a goal of the year contender, even though he was out of bounds. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Even though he was out of bounds, you were going to say, and you were quite right. He, he was. was out of bounds. He, he was. But the umpire couldn't see it, and it's play. It was uh, play on, and, and it was a goal, and it was a ripper, absolute ripper of a goal. Yeah, not easy to kick a a, a checky when you're falling away like that, um, mm. off one off one step. Uh, look of the rest. I thought seeds was all right in patches. I thought. Brad uh, didn't deal with the uh, tag particularly well, only 24 touches as well, and 54% disposal efficiency for Brad Crouch. Yeah, no major effect on the game at all. Um, uh, has he checked out, Brad Crouch? Don't know. Maybe. Uh, he, on, the, on the radio, he says not. Um, yeah. He, he doesn't... He, the Crouch boys are on, on, I think it's every Thursday, um, and I like listening to them because... Um, they, they sound like uh, football innocents. They don't talk like the average footballer. Um, but uh, they're very open and they answer every question. And uh, Brad said that he's, yeah, he's out of office, but he, he wants to stay. Uh, Douglas had a career-high 20 disposals. No, that's not true. But he did have 20 touches, 11 and 9. Uh, it, it got, Richard Douglas gave us what Richard Douglas has given us for the best part of the last four or five years, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, three contested possessions, went at 70%, uh, gained us 250 metres, a couple of nice things, a couple of really bad things, just an okay game. Not sure why he played, given that he'd already retired, um, but it was a nice farewell game from Richard. <laughs> it was. What do you mean? It was good to say farewell, or it was a good farewell oh, game. No, no. I mean, let's. We're being a bit facetious. I mean, Richard Douglas has won a. Is a club best and fairest. Um, yes, he is. You know, he's best been best team man three times. Best team man three times. He's a Victorian, so he's been loyal to the club. Uh, a one club player, which is a rarity these days, and we've got to give credit where it's due. Richie Douglas has had a very, very good AFL career and been a very good servant uh, for the Adelaide Football Club. Uh, my opinion is that he probably should have been fringe at best, maybe for the last three seasons. I reckon. Yeah, I think that, and that's fair comment. And I think we we do take uh, the, not the piss out of him, but put him down quite a bit. But uh, I also think we should quite rightly, and now that he is leaving, give him credit for the good years that he did Absolutely. have with us. And, yeah. yeah. So I think well done for raising that. 
Well, it's not his fault he gets picked, Mac, in the end. No, it's not his right. fault. He turns up, he trains, he gets picked. I mean, it's not his fault. So, uh, um, good on him. On the other hand, Bryce Gibbs, um, oh, look, I heard, Ber- I heard Bernie Vince uh, say on the commentary uh, when I was uh, in the car, they were saying something about what would you do about Bryce Gibbs, and Bernie uh, very diplomatically said, I want more from Bryce. <clears throat> Bryce Gibbs, well, from what I could see, did not, get out of first gear he just gets the ball and gives it he doesn't create he doesn't move he doesn't run he only got 18 touches eight kicks for the game didn't take a mark didn't hit the scoreboard um like six contested possessions went at 61 percent disposal efficiency only gained us 200 meters what a what a waste of space he has been this season Maybe be no sweat in his guernsey, I can tell you that. He, and he doesn't put in enough effort. And uh, I, I, look, I really can't understand. I know he's got bumps off the field, but I can't understand why he doesn't give his best on the field because that isn't his best thing. He's just not giving his best. I remember playing a game, Macca, when I was oh, about 27 or 28. I was going through a divorce at the time and getting bent over by the ex, and I reckon I picked... <laughs> I reckon I kicked five goals and had about 26 touches. I don't think you need to... I, I get it that you can have problems off the field, but his performances have been indicative of someone who's mentally checked out of his AFL career. Because how and can he... That's what it looks like. It, like. It's just not there. Yeah. Um, you watched it, didn't you, Pete? The game today? Hmm. Yeah. What was your thoughts on Gibbs? Oh, it's horrible. Oh, yeah, that's, why, I, that's why I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't sort of really chimed in because you guys were covering it. I mean, he, he was, he was woeful. He just was invisible. And, I just want um, to check that we're not being too harsh because because week after week we've been so disappointed with him. He just, you know, he's just really damaging his legacy. What what, what legacy he had? I mean, he just, um, you know, he just, uh, he, he doesn't feel to me really. He just, I know it's going to be seem an odd thing to say, but he just doesn't seem to have any feel for the game. He just he just grabs the ball, and um, there doesn't seem to be any kind of thought process. No. Um, he doesn't seem to the, the game certainly the, the game quickens up around him. It doesn't slow down at all, um, and the, the game seems to quicken up when he's got it. And he just you know he just slams it, and um, he, there's no creativity. There's no there doesn't seem Nothing. to be any thought process mm. in what he's doing. He just seems to get in, grab the ball. And, um, and and then just, you know, it's a hot potato and just get rid of it as soon as possible. And you're talking about supposedly an elite midfielder, you know, and he, he just has no vision. No. He has he has no football now. And just, the thing is, is we know nothing. that he does have all those things, which means that he just he's playing uh, the game of a bloke who doesn't give a shit. And, and yeah, ha- that's exactly it. We've and the thing around. about that is, the thing about that is, why are, why are we picking him? Surely the coaches can see that attitude. I mean, you know, we get told by Mark Rusciuto to trust the blokes at the club to be making the right decisions because they're the experts, right? So Mm. if we can see from the cheap seats that a bloke doesn't give a rat's ass by the way he's playing, based on exposed form, because we've seen Bryce play pretty well over his career, then why are they picking him? What's the point in picking him? I don't understand it. Is that a contract clause or are we trying to justify the 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 one and a half first rounders or, you know, what is it? Tick. 
tick. I think you've got it there. DSG says he's just in a funk. That's probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's it. That we've, we've covered it all. Just, just in, in a, a funk. funk. Yeah. Chase Jones, on the other hand, uh, 18 quality disposal. And it just goes to show both these boats had 18 touches, and yet to go with <laughs> Chase's uh, 18 touches, he also had seven marks, uh, four tackles, two goals, one, five inside 50s, four clearances. Uh, eight contested, one at 72%, gained us 433 metres, eight score involvements. Uh, just just a, a really, really nice game from Chase. A yeah, couple, couple of goal assists as well. And The other thing to, to note about those floor, uh, four clearances, Fien, is that they're all, all four of those were centre clearances. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I don't know how – I'd love to – I know that we, uh, you can actually dig out that stat of how many centre bounces he attends – but he played the first half up forward. I, I, I can't imagine he would have had a lot of centre bounce attendances. So to get four centre clearances, I reckon he was motoring um, yeah. for the time that he was there. Um, you know, just a, it's just such a wasted year for you. You look at a kid like that with some ga- couple of games into him, and suddenly he looks like you know. People are asking, "Oh, you know, did we what? You know, did we do the right thing with pick nine? Oh, God, and there, there's a kid who would have been, you know, I mean, he replicates that game half a dozen times, and he's in the rising star. Yeah, exactly, too, exactly. That was very, very refreshing, wasn't it? I mean, you got you got a, a game where we the team's going shit house. You've got so many players that were going shit house, and you got this refreshing young kid showing how what you can do if you really try and uh, and if you've got a, a bit of ability and there's and, nothing uh, to suggest that if we'd that if we'd actually somehow had the nuts to trade up and get <laughs> rosie there's nothing mm. to suggest that rosie wouldn't have had a similar amount of games this year at our exactly. football club and yet you look Sadly, at his progress true. through port exactly so. But he, he went down the Gallucci line, and he had a concussion, and then that was that. That you know, and yeah. then he, he's end up he's back in the SNFL. Yeah, never got dropped on Gallucci. form, Pete. Never got dropped on form, Chase. No, same as Gallucci, not yeah. dropped on form, and um, that you go, and all of a sudden they're back playing in in the Sample. And I, I only hope that Chase, I hope Chase qualified for the for the uh, Sample finals. But um, I think he did. I imagine. I think he, he, he would have, um, but yeah, breath of fresh air, and you know, a couple of really nice contested marks for, for you know for goals. Let's not forget yep. those. Yeah, um, just he, he just did a lot of good things, and you know, Pikey mentioned in the press conference. Oh, you know, really good to see, you know, um, the futures with with kids like that. Well, you know, it's round twenty three, and, <laughs> and we only picked we and we only, and we only picked him last week because Knight had a late injury because we had to, yeah. He was, on, he was yeah. on the emergency list. Well, did you see Pike said, uh, and, you know, it's it, how, it, the challenge is next season how we fit these young kids in around our senior list. Yeah, that was good. The other thing I'll give you a, a tip about as well is, is the fact that that, that when he, you know, he was emergency mm. last week before mm. the uh, the Collingwood game. He, he wasn't even playing the Sandful game <laughs> last weekend. He was, he was, he was, they were dispelling him because they they had um, assessed him as being pretty close to cooked. That was their assessment, and I've got that on, and I can tell you after the show where I got that. It's very reliable. Um, so he was not – that was the Keith situation. Remember they had Keith as an emergency? Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but he was also listed as sort of being rested. Yeah. It was the same with Jones. And then he comes you know, then he comes out today and plays like that. And I think, what the hell is going on? <laughs> just don't. I just don't. I'm, I just, you know – I'm just actually, I'm just, I'm just putting my hands in my head at the moment, just saying, I just don't understand it. No, I do not understand it. 
No, he's, only played, he's only played in total, I think, is it is eight or nine games. So he'll he'll be eligible for the Rising Star next year. And I reckon he'll probably go and win it next year. Probably. Yeah. Um, look, another good young player um, I felt uh, was young David McKay, uh, who's really come on in leaps and bounds this year. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, we should sign this kid up for another four. Uh, six kicks, 11 handballs for 17, two marks, four tackles. Uh, for oh, sorry, David. I thought that was clearances. That's clangers. Um, four contested possessions. Uh, two hundred and forty-eight meters gain. Um, just a, a really dynamic display from the young lad. Have you ever have you ever, have you ever known anyone that can get closest if week in week out to his, you know, his par possession count? Mm. It's, it's, it's astonishing how he can always. <laughs> Closest to the pin, it's always 16, 17, or 18. Isn't it? <laughs> and he never misses. If you play DMAC roulette and you back those three numbers oh, yeah. every week, yeah. you'd, be to, you'd be retired <laughs> in a week. Yeah. Now, look, and again, we're being facetious because I reckon David has put in a, a, over the last month or so. Um, oh, he's had a reasonably good season, actually. He by, hasn't, up by that, his standards. After that number of kicks that he gets. Uh, by his standards, uh, Macca. At least he, he has, has put in a very... He doesn't, he doesn't spare his body, and, yeah. he, and he's got, he does yeah. have some pace. Tell and me. And he'll have his 16 or 18 positions. Just, just tell me, Macca, how many other clubs would he be first 22 at? Gold Coast, <laughs> certainly. Um, St Kilda. You reckon? Um, Melbourne. You reckon? Yeah, three. There's three. There's yeah, three. Right. So, so we're on a par with those threes. We, our, we list, our, our list is that we shit. Are, no, no, no. But our list is that shit with young talent that 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 we are sort of like St Kilda and would would play DMAC. Uh, and again, it's not a knock against DMAC because he tries as hard as anyone every week. Um, but it's just an just another player that. Like it's no reason why he should have played two hundred games for us. Anyway, uh, Huey Greenwood, God knows what's going on with him. Uh, I just don't know. Um, He's going surely. That, that was I didn't. I thought that was a stinker. It wasn't great, but you know what? If you if you Hugh Greenwood, why are you going to put in Mac? Why are you going to put in after you've been treated like like they've treated him? Uh, Source, I didn't think was that great, although he had a lot of hit-outs. Um, no, he won the ruck hands down. Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of hit-outs, but that's like didn't think it was that great. It wasn't that oh, great around the wasn't a hor- No, not a horrible game. It wasn't a horrible game. I thought English um, uh, certainly won uh, around the ground, didn't you, Pete? Oh, no question. <clears throat> yeah, How I many times, so. though, would you have said that over the years that Source did really well on the hit-outs, but yeah. the ruck and run, yeah. run around the ground? That, yeah. That's... Well, that's probably part true. Of the course. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty par. It is par of the course. Speaking of a bloke who gets par every week, Riley Knight, seven kicks, eight handballs for 15. I reckon that if I had a dollar for every time that I'd read those stats out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd, I'm I'd done be, with uh, Riley Knight. Oh, Jesus. I used to think he was going to be part of our future going back two or three years ago, but I'm done with him because it just does a, right, it's, it's the same old, same old. It's done doing enough. It's done doing He doesn't do enough. And and I can't remember what quarter it was, but it might have been the second quarter. Um, he got a possession, and I thought, shit, I didn't know he was playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, not enough. Yeah, speaking of not doing enough, uh, Wayne Miller didn't do enough. I didn't think. Shocker! 
Wow. Absolute stinker. What's happening here? Oh, wow. I mean, he's a victim of, of uh, selection, I reckon, Wayne Miller. He's lost his confidence. Confidence destroyed. He mm. can't settle in a position. And, uh, you know, they're just... Um, it's, to me, it's just another player that's been mismanaged this year. And, yeah. Uh, very sad, I think, to yeah. see the, you know, the shell that he is at the moment. And you just got to hope that he can... Uh, they can try and reset him in, in the preseason because he's a, you know he's an incredible talent. Yeah. Some of the things I've seen him do in traffic and you know he should be an he should be an elite midfielder. Yeah. He should be an elite midfielder because some of the things I see you know you've seen him do in traffic and the, and the and he is a player that the game slows down. Yep. yep. When he's in form, it just slows down and all of the players just seem to spread for him. Um, he is elite and, and um, I'd trade him. Pete. Very very careful. I'd pay, I'd trade him. Would you? Yep. I would trade him. I think that everyone can see that he's got uh, got loads of potential. Um, but I, my personal view, uh, which means nothing, um, is that I don't think he's going to make it. So I'd, I'd happily uh, trade him. I'd happily trade him for a, a pick inside twenty. No, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, no, I'd, 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 he's one I'd keep. Yep, definitely. Uh, the the ones that should go are the people that are coaching him, not not players like him that well, are getting possi- up by the coaches. Possibly Mecca, but we'll see, won't we? I I don't know. Um, Tex, I thought was all right. Kick five, uh, showed that he can still do it. Um, just doesn't get. That, that's a good it. game. That's that's a very yeah. good game from a set, from a centre half four five goals. Um, that's an excellent game. I, I thought he was terrific, and you know, just so much better when there was some quick. You know, a couple of times there was quick ball movement. Exactly. And, you know, his positioning was first yeah, class, hundred percent. You really, you know, he's a he's a class player, and he just, you know, I, I get fed up with the criticism that he gets. And some of the, you know, if you go to the games and you watch some of the ball movement that's been going into him this year, it's just been just pitiful. And it was nice to see some good quick ball movement a couple of times. And, and you know, when he had to sit on players and he was yeah. one out, you can't stop him. Yeah, yeah no, nicely summed up, Pete. Uh, he actually benefited from uh, some decent football coming in, and that's that's what he could have done nearly every week if we delivered it like that. Uh, but you know, the way we brought it in uh, slowly around the edges and wait till everybody gets back, and there's a hundred people to try and outmark. Um, nobody marked too, too many that way, and when he was a one-on-one situation, he did very well. So yeah, it, it was the way the ball was brought in very quickly that helped uh, Tex. So where did uh, where did the Bulldogs get all their goals from? They got five from Dale. They got a couple from Lloyd and Sashi. Um, a couple from Lipinski. Uh, Toby McLean got a couple. So they're not blessed with um, tools, really, are they? They are. They sure just yeah. Shaki, really. Is yeah. the only key forward but, that they've got. You know, so we chose to play Talia and Keith and Kelly and. And typically, uh, well, <laughs> predictably, Talia and Keith were our bottom two, um, stats-wise anyway. No knock on either of those, but just a, another poor, perplexing selection in my view. I felt like we Didn't were... Didn't think Talia had a good game at all today. Didn't like no, his game today. No. Jake Kelly as well. I mean, Jake Kelly... That was a shocker. Um, he's had a good season, but he got towed up today. Yeah. But he has had a good year. To he sure. has a good year, and he'll he'll look really good in black and white next year. He will. He'll play for Collingwood yeah. next year. Yeah. And I see in the chat, you know, somebody said, "What would you do with Eddie?" Now, um, I love Eddie, and he's giving me a lot of joy. With it. But if we could get him something for trading him to the Gold Coast, I would. I don't think he's going to going to be any advantage to us in the next couple of years. 
The problem with Eddie, I think, is if he's around, you're obliged to play him um, mm. for a number yeah, of so reasons. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that the club has the nads to play Eddie in the twos for any stretch of time, um, and we'd be carrying a fair bit of salary um, if we uh, had him running around the twos as our second choice uh, small forward next season. So I think you get value for him. And if Gold Coast want a mentor for their Indigenous players, considering they're getting the NT zone next year, um, I reckon you give them uh, our blessing and say, thanks, Eddie, for the memories. Go and earn some cash and get into your coaching career. That would solve all the problems, in my opinion. Um, It would actually... Because I think if we keep Eddie, there is every chance he's going to get dropped quite a bit next year. And and certainly over the... He's uh, contracted for the next two years, isn't it? Um, So if he uh, is contracted for the next two years, he's going to spend a lot of his time in the twos. And uh, if he stays with us, or if we play him, we're not going to get a lot out of him. So... To me, it preserves his reputation, and uh, and he has massive reputation, and he's a very loved character. And for his sake, I would like to see him uh, take the Gold Coast thing, and uh, as you both said, uh, become a mentor uh, to the Northern Territory guys, and uh, so he could actually create a career for, a career path for himself after footy as well. So that's just my thoughts on it. Now, Pete, I know you're on a, a bit of a um, schedule uh, and we say thanks to uh, Mrs. Pete uh, once again. But I just want you to have a listen to this, if you don't mind, Peter, just for a little minute. Um, sure. Uh, Rue, Adelaide, earlier on today, headed across with a, an opportunity, albeit very, very slim. Um, but when the game was there to be had, they weren't there. What did you make of the performance today? Uh, it was just another poor performance, wasn't it, really? Um, and it wasn't surprising either, to be honest, because uh, they just seemed like they've been flat and dispirited for a while. Um, so they're up against a side that's probably is in as good as form as anyone in the competition. So there's the first bit of a, an interview with uh, Rashido. Yep. Can anyone tell me a reason why we would have been flat and disp- dispirited th- since the bye? Why would we have come out of the bye being in contention? Fourth. Yep, and then been flat and dispirited. Why? Well, they're words, aren't they? They're, they're words uh, or excuses. They're not reasons. Um, that's, just, that's just stupid. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Mako. It's just words. It's just words for, to, to offer up. Anyway, we'll keep going. At the moment and might do a bit of damage in September, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if they knocked off GWS on their home deck in, in round one and then uh, kept going a bit like 2016 perhaps because they look a pretty dangerous side at the moment uh, and Adelaide look the complete opposite. They look confused out on the ground today. They look like they were standing still and and just not really having a crack at all now. And I've been in that situation before when you're in this, you know, when you've you know, had a poor year and things just are a long way from where they need to be. So the end of the season couldn't come quick enough for them. Rue, the Dockers have spoken about doing a review of their sports science department. Peter Bell mentioned about injuries. At Adelaide, where do you start? List management, you haven't had a lot of injuries. It's been gutting as a, a cross uh, past player and also a supporter of the club to see the performance this year. Apart from Tom Dode, not a long list of injuries. Where do you start? Well, the injuries, in fact, have probably been the best in the comp over the last four years. At the start of last year, we had a big mishap, 
and that was uh, fixed. And uh, Steve Saunders has come into the club, and it's been fantastic this year. So injuries, absolutely no excuse no. at all. Mm. Um, so, what, so where do you start? Oh, well, yes, yeah, you start from the top down. You the, look. I think the list speaks for itself, doesn't it? I mean, the the, the club have stayed true to a a group of players that uh, played in a premiership two years ago, and uh, I, for one, thought last year um, might have been a, a, just one bad year. Have a complete uh, good preseason, and they'll be right back being a contender. And I, I, th- I was in that category, happy to put my hand up and thought after the summer that the Crows had that they were a contender this year, but obviously they're not. So uh, the list uh, needs to change. So there's Rashido uh, doing the Adelaide Crows admin thing and blaming the players, but notwithstand- notwithstanding that, if they realised at some stage, and I reckon, Pete, that they realised about six rounds in when they changed their game style. But if they realised that this squad was shot, which, funnily enough, I reckon we've been saying for two years, yep. why did they persi- Why have they persisted with the same players? It, that's, that does, it's not a logical <clears throat> statement, is it? No, it isn't. The other thing, Rue was absolutely totally wrong. We didn't play in a premiership. We played in a grand final. We lost a premiership. Yeah, that was a well, that was a slip of the tongue, I suspect, by Rue. But no, I mean, I just don't understand. I don't understand that. I, I look, they got to eight five at the bye, and they were fourth. So at that stage, they're thinking. I, I think the problem is, Fane, is at that stage they're thinking that they've got everything right. We're top four, we're eight and five. We've got a, probably a reasonable run home. We've got every, they would have had every expectation at the bye to, that they were going to finish top four and yes. be in it up to their neck. And there was nothing to suggest that they wouldn't. They'd just come off with two good wins against GWS and Richmond. Yeah. Um, the games they'd had, they'd, you know, they'd worked in a different... And I actually felt at the moment, what I, was, what I felt good about it was that I felt that they had two or three different game plans up their sleeve that they you know, got to a point where they were even interchanging it. Yep. During a game, they could pull the trigger when they wanted. They could, you know, they could march it up the field when they wanted. They could really play the game on their terms. What the the, the essence of this is is, is what happened at the bye, uh, because there was nothing, nothing to lead us to a conclusion. I mean, we had a dodgy start, but there was nothing to lead us to a conclusion that this playing group was shot at eight and five and fourth at the bye. Mm. We, we all thought, we all thought, we, we talked about it. We thought, you know, I can remember us saying, well, you know, that's the kind of footy that may well stand up in finals. Yeah. I mean, we said that on the podcast. Yep, yep. And so there is nothing to have given them, but something has gone on at the bar. Now, I've heard, you know, you hear rumours about the fact that there was talk about there were certain things that within the club that needed to be fixed from last year. Um, that and 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 that, that needed to be done by the by and, and 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 they weren't. I've got no idea what that is, but the kind of results that we've been seeing since the buy that is the playing group turning up their toes and saying they, they are protest games, fan. They are protest games. I yeah, they don't are. Care what anybody says. Well, they they're certainly they're certainly checked out games, aren't they? They they are they are games that, that you know. Um, you know where they, you know, the periods have been competitive, but generally speaking, they're listless, and as Rue says, they're flat. Mm. And so you cannot tell me that a team that is eight and four and fourth at the bye just suddenly turns in two and eight, and those games are only against Gold Coast and St Kilda at home. Yep. You cannot tell me that there is not something behind that. Absolutely. All right, let's continue. Because they, they sorry. 
No, you're right. Um, yeah, you need to have a look at everyone from the uh, coach down and look the whole way through the football department. Every uh, part of the department needs to look at Biggles and uh, uh, needs to look from the inside and it needs to look from the outside. Um, and it will get a look from both and then that'll be put together and then you'll get some uh, information and then you'll make the, whatever call needs to be made, Biggles, from the top to the bottom. Rude, just with the, um, you know, probably talking about the age profile of your listener. So to me, that sounded like every other year where they get external consultants in to look at aspects of their club. Last year they did it with the fitness department and et cetera, et cetera. That didn't sound to me like an external review. No. No. What I've actually said is we'll listen to what they say but then we'll put our input into it and we'll decide what we like. Yep. That's that's what I – from the inside and the outside and we'll put it all together. Anyway continue to you know looking after each other is just ridiculous it does not happen and it will betterment of the club not for the individual i mean people throwing accusations around about uh, you know looking after each other is just ridiculous it does not happen and it will not happen uh, at the adelaide football club and i don't think it happens at any afl football club what, what do you mean there like the the boys club sort of thing is well, that any, mean, anything that they want to uh, throw out i'm all i'm saying is whatever decision has to be made from the top to the bottom, will be made for the betterment of the football club and the supporters, as Dom said, should back the people in. And if they if they don't, well, then maybe they, you know, they don't need to barrack for the footy club. What's been the number one? Wow. Co- comments? Just Look, all I, say, all I say is he has, lit, you know, he has absolutely melted social media tonight. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you, the worst thing that could happen for that club is that David Pemberthy has got hold of this. Yeah. And he's on social media and he's saying, wow, imagine the football club is, is effectively trying to blame the fans out of all of this mess. David Pemberthy, so obviously uh, married to Kate Ellis, who's a board member. And, and showing that, as always, fiercely independent journalist that he is. Um, and he, he and both he and Will Goodings are on social media tonight and... Basically, it's on their breakfast show tomorrow, opening up the line. Everyone get on. Everyone get on. Everyone, needs, everyone listening to this needs to get on because if ever there was a comment that, that illustrated the arrogance of the Adelaide Football Club, it was essentially saying you need to trust us blindly and if you're not prepared to trust us, then piss off and barrack for somebody else. Yeah, I actually, I actually went... If you interpret it as what he said and applying to people who don't believe in them, you have no idea. Change your mind and trust us because we were, we were right. Yeah, or piss That's off. That's or piss off. That's what he's saying. When you boil it down, what he, the words that he used, that he's saying, and he, he said you, we should, that we should back him in like Don Pike said, and we're not, in other words, don't have any judgment whether they're any good or whether they're bad. Just back us in. If you don't do it, pit, want to do it, piss off. He's, he's, well, under a lot of, he's under a lot of pressure and he's feeling it and he's coming out with comments like that. And the other thing that, that where he's feeling it is he's obviously coming out with comments that he knows that are directed at him in terms of his appointment of Brett Burton as um, general manager of football. Well, it's because true. You're talking about looking after your mates and, you know, that doesn't happen. And But, you know, there's two, you know this, Fanny, there's two, there's two sorts of bias. There's actual bias and perceived bias. Yep. And, and and perceived bias can be just as damning as actual bias. And there is no doubt that what he's done in, in any external review will show up that, that that created a public perception of bias, which is just unacceptable. 
in an organisation like that. Yeah. And I, the thing about it too is that I think Mark was quite measured in his comments. I think uh, there were times during that little six-minute in- interview with um, Dittmar and, and uh, Rhett Biglands where he had to hold himself from being even more forthright. I think yep. there is a there is a real us against them attitude at the footy club at the moment. Um, I've noticed it with my own interactions with the club over the last couple of months. Um, you know, we we finally got our uh, Fagan uh, interview sorted, and uh, for those who don't know, that's on the AFL Crowcast um, website at the moment with a little bit of audio, and you can also hear the audio for what it's worth. It's only about eight minutes um, on Spreaker. Um, but essentially, I had I had taken notes uh, from that uh, from that sit down discussion that we had with the club, and we sent those notes to the club for uh, you know ratification of my notes and uh, a request that the questions that we didn't get to get answered. What I received back was a rewrite. It was a rewrite, and I've posted the rewrite in good faith because that's what the club has asked me to do. They asked me to clear with them what we were putting up. But I'm telling you right now that some of the notes that I wrote were deleted, Um, Mm. and those answers that were posted um, were the, the club's rewrite of their of the questions that we are and the answers that were provided at the time. Now, there was nothing terribly groundbreaking that was deleted or anything like that, but what I'm saying, the tone had shifted and it was mm. an attempt by the club to to massage, I guess, the answers that were provided based on the current climate, given that those answers were originally provided to us seven or eight weeks ago. So, you know, I, I just... I just don't appreciate it. Like it's just not necessary. And if Mark Rashido wants us to trust them, the club needs to go back to no spin transparency because we can't trust them if we don't know what's going on. And our and we're not stupid people. You know, we can see with our own eyes what's going on. So don't don't buddy don't call us all a bunch of idiots because we're not. When you put it all together. You've got the chairman said he's going to call an external review, but in the same part of that process, then he said, and he nominated them all key, all the key individuals in the club by name that they had his total backing. He then went and chose the greatest dickhead amongst them in Burton and told us what, how great he was and why he was appointed. And everybody else was saying you should appoint him. Don't interview anybody else. And they even had told the lie that he was experienced in that particular role. Well, he wasn't. That was a lie. So Chapman then, he's called an external review, but saying that these dickheads have his total backing. So therefore, when the review comes back, it's going to come back to this man who's already backing them before they have the review. Then you've got Burton. He comes out and he was asked about the comments that people say about uh, the club and him. Uh, We don't listen to the people out there just dismissed us as if we were uh, rags and we wouldn't have any of our opinions be no good. And then you've got Rashudo coming out with his comments today and you put those three together and what you have is a totality of a club that's got its head so far up its ass, 
It thinks it's bloody magic and it's everybody else is the cause, not them, and they won't listen to any criticism. A smart person would actually listen to some criticism, analyse it and see whether they think there's any truth in it or not, and, or get somebody independently to do it and not make a prejudgment on it. But they've made their prejudgment before the review is even in. Boys, that, that's I've got to sign out. I'll, uh, I'll certainly I'll, I'll be taking this up again on Tuesday night. And um, thank you for having me on. And I'll quickly duck off now. But I'll just leave you with this one thing, and that is that I've never before seen um, such aggravation and protest from the um, uh, from the membership um, and through social media. And I tell you what, I also reckon, guys, I reckon the players are in on that protest as well. Yeah, that's yeah, my, I agree uh, with that's you. That's my please. final thought. All, All right, right mate. We'll see you on Thanks, Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, see you, Pete. Um, yeah, so that's my, that's my summary of it, Fleet. I, I just think the arrogance of the club is so, so great. And, and I can tell you now, if this review is done in the manner that I fear it's going to be done in, and uh, Burton sits there in his role, and et cetera, et cetera, uh, then I will, I'm an inaugural member of the club and I won't renew it because I have no faith in the club. I have no love for the club at the moment at all. Um, I detest the way that we as uh, – we're the paying mugs that keep them going, for God's sake. Um, but uh, we've been treated as if we are just dumb pawns who have no idea when they serve up tripe week after week. And we've got a situation that Dickhead Burton sits there being uh, propped up by Saunders and his money has come out of, unfortunately, uh, the coach's money who couldn't get the assistant coaches he wanted because of that. Um, but everything's hunky-dory. Mm. Look, what a – what a crock of shit. I, I, I'm quite fearful of of what's going to happen over the next couple of years with our club because I, I think that there's an entrenched culture down there of us versus them. I, I feel like um, the club administration have not handled the scrutiny very well at all and I think they've turned insular as a consequence. I think they've forgotten where, where their core business is uh, and that is... Uh, to win premierships, and I think they've forgotten who their core stakeholders are, and that is the supporters. You can't... The football director can't just turn around and say, if you don't trust us, then go and support somebody else. That's that's not a fair statement to make. Uh, we've been following this club since Mark Rusciuto pulled on a pair of uh, footy boots for the AFL, uh, for the Adelaide Crows. You know, we've been supporting this club since 1990. We've seen... The, the development of this club and, and we're not stupid Adelaide supporters and look I'll go as far as to say South Australian football supporters irrespective of where their allegiances lie are generally speaking smart smart football people and we don't we're not idiots and for Mark just to turn around and say well trust us or get out I don't, I don't think that's reasonable and I don't think that's how you actually embrace your stakeholders so I don't no, you don't I don't know where this is going, Macca, because I don't feel as if we're going to get the solutions that we need. I think the club will make some changes over the off-season, um, but I don't think that they'll be as far-reaching as what they need to be. They don't seem to understand. 2017, we had a very, very good team uh, and we had a very good game plan that worked. But we also we had, had a, a very soft draw, Macca, in 2017. No, no, but just, but just, we also had very good assistant coaches at, at that particular time, Teague in the forward lines and Poggiardi in defence, and uh, uh, it worked very well at the time, and we blew it uh, in the grand final. Um, but 
since then, we've had nothing but rubbish served up to us by our football department. Club makes good money because it's well supported and it's got uh, good sponsors. But from a football point of view, it's been very, very poor indeed. And um, that they seem to think that we should be happy with that and we should be content with it. Last year, the club was made a laughing stock in the media uh, for uh, that stupid, ridiculous camp. And then, of course, Burton broke down players' hamstrings one by one, ping, ping, ping each week. Um, Ironically, the so, same thing that happened at Brisbane uh, pro- yep, previously. So, so we were the laughing club of the competition last year. Mm. And now, and then this year, there's been little jibes at us, little digs all year at us. And here we go with these idiots just priming up the media again to uh, make our club. We'll be, co- we'll be a club of no choice. No Players won't want to play in our club because uh, we're a laughing stock. Yeah. Look, and we'll finish this up, Mac, because uh, it is a Tuesday Night Live discussion and I, I can imagine it's going to be a very, very hot topic of discussion uh, for the Adelaide Football Club supporters uh, all through the final series, all through the trade period. You know, for the for the for the entire off season, I think this is just going to be a burning issue uh, for the club uh, and for for the supporters. Uh, as you say, we've got an extremely inexperienced coaching box, and when you think about it, we've got a very inexperienced football department in general. I mean, you've got Mark Rashido, who's the director of football, has never been in charge of anything football related prior to uh, coming on board. And let's not forget, he came on board as a quote-unquote member or elected representative. Um, we've got Brett Burton, who's a failed fitness coach. We've got Andrew Fagan, who I think has done very well fin- in terms of the financial aspects of the club uh, as a CEO. Uh, but he's come from a rugby background, and I reckon he would have deferred a lot of his football-related decisions to others at the club whom he felt would have been more well positioned to do so um you know we've got two rookie coaches in the coaches box plus we've got benny hart who uh is not really a preferred coach by all reports we've got scott camperiali who um has been a long-serving coach but no other club seems to want to pick him up and yet david teague you know hits our club for five minutes and all of a sudden he's a head coach um, we've got so much inexperience in our football department that it's not funny. And when you consider that our previous football director was David Noble, who had tons of experience and very diverse experience, um, you know, Justin Reed, it's his first list management job. He came from a player management um, role before. There's a lot L-plates of inexperience. everywhere. There's L plates everywhere. You're 100% right, Mac. And then we've got Don Pike, and, and Don's been in the scene for a number of years. Um, but this is his first head coaching gig. So even you could say that even he is inexperienced in terms of running an AFL program. So I don't really understand how we have how it's come to this when Andrew Fagan lobbed and said we were going to have the best football department in the AFL. How has it come to this? How has it well, come to now, this? I must admit, that is the one area that you can really get Fags uh, by the ghoulies because... Financially, I think he's done very well, but he, he did make that statement. And when I look at our football department and compare it with the majority of the other football clubs throughout the competition, we would be very close to the worst, if not the worst. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of uh, comparatively to where we are in our, you know, some quote-unquote premiership window, I mean, let's, let's, 
let's not uh, forget that Pikey did get us to a grand final in 2017. I, I still yep. feel that a lot of that was due to a soft draw uh, and good form uh, uh, over the final series, and, and we should have jagged that one. We, we should have jagged that, um, and it would have been a feather in his cap. But what's happened since then has been, I think, a true reflection of where the club is at. Um, I think they've spent too long... Uh, with a playing list and being too loyal to the playing list has been too much personal bias associated with list management and selection. And I don't think they have spent anywhere near as much as they needed to, maybe because of Brett's mess up uh, with the fitness department. But in any respects, they haven't spent anywhere near what they've needed to on the, on the coach's box. And I think it's shown yeah. as, as a result. Yeah, the coaching box has definitely suffered because of Burton. Yeah. So, look, uh, we'll we'll uh, finish that discussion off there. We will pick it up on Tuesday Night Live. As I mentioned, if you want to have a look uh, at the answers that were provided by the club, um, go to aflcrowcast.com. Uh, you'll see the article there. Um, don't forget, too, we have our petition or our open letter, which will be closing off on Tuesday night after Tuesday night, and we'll be sending that to the club for what it's worth. Pardon me for what it's worth. There's around about 600 signatures. It'll be great to get a few more. So uh, we will be closing that off, though, because uh, I'd like to get that to the club this week uh, and just add a little bit more weight to uh, all the other calls for a review that are going on. Um, have to give a big thanks uh, to Ryan at Smith Partners Real Estate, uh, the boys at Down to Earth Electrical, uh, Scorpus for his hardware on Box Channel, and all our patrons that have supported the rap show during the season. Uh, the rap show has been excellently uh, listened to, or patronised, I should say, uh, over the course of the year. Uh, I love doing the Sunday show. We'll be back again next year, won't we, Mac? Doing the Sunday yep. show. Um and uh, in the meantime, the Crowcast will obviously continue on Tuesday nights for Tuesday Night Live for the remainder of the major round and also through the draft and trade period. So uh, thanks, everyone, on Spreaker for their support. Thanks, everyone, on Facebook and, and YouTube who have listened in over the course of the last six months or so. Uh, we'll sign off from the wrap show now. Uh, thanks very much, Macca. And also a massive thank you to Nikki, who's been a stalwart on the Sunday night show but unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight. Um, and we'll see the two of you on Tuesday night over the course of the next month or so, Mac. Okay. Good night, all. See you, everyone. <laughs>